0: Hey all, it's Sean Gerber with Reduced Cyber Risk. How are you all doing this wonderful day? It's been a beautiful day here in Kansas. It's been like scorching hot though. About a hundred degrees it was last week. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty toasty outside. But uh, other than that, it's a wonderful summer's day and I cannot complain at all. And just wanted to kind of talk to you today about some great things we've got going on with reduced cyber risk. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about domain 7, security operations, and this is going to be all part of the CISSP exam. And uh, these are some key areas that we cover and this is domain 7. And I try to focus on a specific podcast to go over a specific domain and areas that you need to be concerned about as you're dealing with logging and mon- or as you're dealing with the CISSP exam. So in the first part of the CISSP cybersecurity integration, uh, we're going to be talking about logging and monitoring overview. And as far as the CISSP training, specifically about logging and monitoring activities, this is domain seven. And uh, if you study the ISC squared CISSP training manuals, you will know that that's where that falls into. And then the CISSP exam questions are going to be around logging and monitoring and data life cycle, domain seven. All right, as it relates to the CISSP cybersecurity integration, we're going to be talking from an article I saw online from the InfoSec Institute, and this is Objective 7.3, Conduct Logging and Monitoring Activities. The topic is Logging and Monitoring Overview, and really what it comes down to is we're going to get into what exactly are logs is the first thing we're going to kind of focus on, and typically people wonder what are log files. Well, you know, this is riveting stuff. I, I hate to tell you, it's just riveting. What is a log file? A log file's got data in it. Oh my gosh, just just turn the pages. It's cannot, compl- you cannot hold back the enthusiasm about a log file. No, really, they're quite boring and quite painful. Uh, so therefore, we will talk about how you can in- ingest those log files. But bottom line is, they're an event log, something that occurs within an environment. And they are typically called with a computer name, They have creation, deletion records. They have all of those pieces that are tied to an event log that may occur. Now, most systems, now I will say most, because in many older type systems or applications, they may not generate much for log files at all. In newer systems, they do. They they generate a plethora of log files, which at times can be a bit overwhelming. But log files are an integral part, especially as in you're dealing with the CISSP exam and understanding this as a cybersecurity professional. Now, there's different types of logs, and this comes, again, from InfoSec Institute, and you'll see this in your CISSP exam, but there's types of logs, and these are authentication logs, audit logs, and system logs. These are different types of logs that you will see. And they each have a different thing. And authentication, obviously, is when you're logging into something, it'll authenticate you. audit log is basically looking at the system itself and finding out if there's an audit trail around those logs. And then your system logs are logs that are dealing with specifically with the system that's operating on it. Now, there's some different use cases that you need to keep logs for. And these, these use cases would be regulations, litigation, or even application debugging. I mean, there's many that different as situations where you would want log files. But in the today's world, especially as a litigious as it is, see, that's a big $10 word. Yeah, litigious. I actually, I don't even know what that means because my third grade education won't let me go any further than that, but it's a bad thing, I assume been litigation litigious yes so these use cases around litigation regulations you have to maintain logs for a period of time and depending upon the company depending upon the regulations you may have to keep some of these logs potentially indefinitely where you would then in turn be using products like aws glacier or someplace like that to store them that's a different podcast but bottom line is is that you would have to keep these logs for a period of time. And regulations, litigations, or debugging may, may want you to have some form of logs and be able to keep them for a period. Now, there's some key considerations around the log files that you need to be aware of. They start off small, and they're really itty-bitty. They're not very big at first, but then you add one device, and then another device, and another device. The next thing you know, you've got log files coming out of your ears. They replicate like rabbits, and so you go, "What am I going to do with all these?" Well, so in realistically, here it comes down to: log files are only as good as if you even look at them. If you don't look at them, what's the point? You don't need them, and they just take up space and they basically take up processing speed. However, If you were to get sued due to something that would be unfortunate, such as a breach, and if you don't have log files and you you have purposely did not collect log files, yeah, that's a bad thing for you. So I would not recommend doing that. So therefore, you need to start off and start off small. But the logs need to be, it could be in a situation where they need to be forwarded and moved on. That's a possibility. Also, the storage can become a serious challenge as it relates to keeping your log files. You don't know. These things build up, and as they build up, they store for a long period of time. Now, if you have to keep them for a long period, you now go from being, oh, gigabytes to terabytes to whatever is beyond a terabyte, a lot, but multiple terabytes to, to keep these logs. Now, these logs typically are they call a flat file, so they're not very big, but as you get lots of systems reporting in, they will grow substantially. Now, data life cycle of keeping these should also be considered. How long do you want to keep your logs for? You want to keep them for 90 days, six months, one month, one week, two days. I don't know. You got to decide. Now, regulations may dictate what you should and shouldn't do around that place, but at the end of the day, you need to consider how long do you keep that data in your environment. Now, as you're dealing with log management, you must develop a solid monitoring strategy. And this is where it comes into play, where you have a some sort of auto robot type thing, a, uh, a Splunk or a some sort of SIM, which would be your uh, security incident event management system. That would All these things would get dumped into, and they would help monitor this. Uh, also, you need to consider human machine automation. What do you want to give to the computer? What do you want to have humans look at? And you define that from a strategy standpoint, what works best for you. You also need to determine what to log. Everything doesn't need to be logged. You got to ask yourself, do you really need to log it? Well, in some cases, a banking situation, you may need to log almost everything. But in other, play, in other cases, you probably don't need to. And it's just additional waste is really what it comes down to. Now, you need to start off small. We talked about that, but build value within your organization. And there's some devices that you can monitor, which would be your intrusion prevention, your intrusion detection, switches, all the things where routing goes through, some level of traffic. Now, again, comes down to your environment, comes down to your occupation, whether how much you should record or should not record with logs. But again, you want to look for anomalies. That is the key behind all of this. Now, when you do a log review, you need to define criticality of the systems to be monitored, i.e. intellectual property systems. They would be the ones, the first ones to look at. They have financial data, personal data, those systems you'd want to keep logs of. Now, do you want to keep logs of the Raspberry Pi that is just checking, I don't know, the people entering and exiting a building? Probably not. It's just one piece of information you probably don't need. But you need to find the criticality of these systems that you want to be monitored. You need to determine a process to handle issues. Incident response process. Do you have one? Is there an automated situations or events that you can click off and have this thing just go for you in in the lieu that there is an issue? And you may need a tiered approach when you're handling these events. You know, how do you want to handle a, a situation where? You've been breached. Well, that would be a tier, oh my gosh, kind of tier. Versus, uh, yeah, this guy's computer, it doesn't work real well, and it's got ransomware on it, and it's really not worth anything. Well, that's like, oh, yawn, not a big deal. So you have to determine which one works best for you and your organization. Now, you also need to consider frequency. We talked about this as well. Do you want 90 days, 60 days, 100 days, 100 yeah, it could be yeah, exactly one hundred and one days. How was that one? That's a good one. Now you gotta decide what frequency. How how often do you want to collect these? Do you want to collect them daily, hourly, monthly? minute by minute, minutely that's not a real word, but it works for me. So you determine how how frequently you want to collect them. Where do you want to store these? Do you have a forwarder that forwards on your logs? Do you have a a syslog server that basically aggregates, collects all your logs? What is the bandwidth of the connection for your logs? You may have a situation where that you are bandwidth constrained and therefore these logs just take up extra space that you do not want them to do. Are these systems critical, non-critical? Are they scripted or a manual collection? What do you, how did you work that? Is it set up that they automatically post at a certain period of time to a certain location? Depending upon how you have things set up, you could have APIs set up so that it would have one application would talk to another application and just pitch the logs to a certain location. I said location three times. That's pretty cool. You get actually 10 points extra for saying the same word three times in one sentence. Yeah, no, that's not really good English. So yeah, don't, don't listen to what I just said. You need to understand your environment as well. Operating systems, applications, tools, external access, third-party connections. All of those things need to be considered what are going to keep logs on. Now, as a personal example, I've got a situation where I've got third parties coming into our environment. I want to watch those logs. Now, do I want to watch the ticket meter that allows people in and out of an environment, you know, like the gate? No, I really don't care about those. But now third-party guys and gals coming in, yeah, I kind of want to watch those. You never know what could be coming in through a third-party connection. So you just got to make sure that you keep all of that. Now, as you're dealing with log analysis, you need to consider, again, we talked about the data life of it, and there's various phases of your data life cycle. Here's your collection, your collection, your examination, your storage, your archiving, and your deletion. Those are basically five aspects, the five phases of cycle of generation. Yeah, basically, those are the things you need to consider yourself as you're dealing with data lifecycle, collection, examination, storage, archiving, and deletion. Now, there's various quiet requirements that you need to consider in each of these phases. Are you dealing with GDPR, which is your general data privacy regulation? Are you dealing with HIPAA? which is your Health Insurance Portability Accountability Act. I got to say that 10 times. Socks, like the red socks. Yeah, that that one too. No, I can't. Sarbanes-Oxley. It's basically what that comes down to. But do you have requirements that focus you in this space that requires you to have a certain amount of collection? How much do you examine it? Where do you store it? Is it encrypted? Do you archive it? And then what is a process for deleting? All these things you may have to define depending upon the environment or the industry that you are in. Now, policy decisions will also need to be made to address each of these. So it's important that you have it set up, that you have a policy for collection, examination, storage, archiving, and deletion. I say that a lot. So what I'm saying is I'm trying to hint at the fact that you probably need to know those. That's probably good to know. Probably just good to know. But bottom line is is that you need to have policies that focus on those. So because it will help you make your environment much more secure. All right, so that's all I have for the CISSP integration. Let's roll into the training. Now, as we're dealing with 7.3, conduct logging and monitoring activities. And, all right, moving on. All right, sorry to digress. All right, so when we're getting into 7.3, conduct logging and monitoring activities. There are some key aspects around logging and monitoring you need to keep them. So we talked about logs, right? Well, there's security logs. There's system logs. There's application logs. All of these have a log. Now, I kind of hint back to the fact that if you have older applications, they sometimes don't have much for logs. Some of them may not have any logs, so that's something to consider as you're looking to dump all of this stuff into your security operations center or the tool, the, the tool de jour that they may be using. Almost everything, though, does have some form of log. Again, some can be useful, eh, some not so useful. But the key around this, though, is you do need to consider protecting the log data that you collect. One, for a couple reasons. Well, if you've got a situation coming up where someone gets hacked, first thing they do is they go to the logs. Well, if the logs have been manipulated, then people will not trust the logs. So then, therefore, they end up throwing out that as evidence within, or they will then turn around and use it as a very more circumstantial evidence that isn't really worth a whole lot because they maybe they feel that they're tainted. So the point of it is, is you need to protect these logs from attackers so that they don't get access to them, so they don't manipulate them. That's a key point around that. You also need to look at where do you want to store these things and what kind of repository, which we alluded to earlier, is that do you have a security incident event management system, a SIM could be CyberArk, uh, not CyberArk, no, it could be Splunk, it could be ArcSight, could be other situations. You could have a homegrown system that you use, but anything that basically manages and collates events that occur within your environment. You also probably need a forwarder, and this forwarder will then collect logs from certain locations and forward them on to another location, or basically forward them onto the SIM. And This will depend a lot on the size and complexity of your organization. Keeping logs, we talked about that, 30, 60, 90 days is the typical amount that people usually do. I've seen it as high as six months. I have seen and heard of people that keep it indefinitely, especially as it relates to legal hold. And we've talked about that in a different part of the CISSP, but bottom line is, is if there's litigation going on in your company and you may have court communications that involve that company that's under litigation, you may be required to hold on to this information under a legal hold status, which basically means you can't get rid of the stuff. You can't delete it. And uh, if you did delete it, that would be really, really, really bad. So don't delete it. But bottom line is that's you may have to keep your logs for an indefinite period of time now i do note this destroy them when not being used okay bottom line don't be a hoarder just don't do it it's not fun it's expensive and uh you lose a lot of friends over it so just just don't do it yeah yeah you also kind of stink if you're a hoarder so i I mean i don't know i don't know a lot of hoarders but i would think so because maybe you hoard so much stuff that you don't take a shower because you can't take a shower because it's in your shower yeah Okay, moving on. But destroy it when it's not used. Okay, various risks for keeping logs too long. There are various risks. If you keep them too long, you now open yourself up to litigation, say in the event you are on a legal hold and you kept all the records that go back 18 gazillion years. And they are now set up and say, hey, by the way, do you have those logs? Oh, yes, we do. We have them go back 18 gazillion years. Oh, great. Well, we can probably figure out something you did wrong. So therefore you will go to jail. Have a nice day. Don't pass go, just go straight to jail. So no, don't keep those for a long period of time. Just just a bad idea. As you're dealing with security information and event management, you need to consider the automated or configurable product SIM. They are basically have them set up as rule sets. They're established to alert or flag on suspicious activity. So if you got lots of suspicious activity going on, then you probably don't, you probably want a SIM to, to verify and collate it. Collate it. Cor- correlated yeah okay third grade education kicking in uh range in price depending on bells and whistles you put they can be very very expensive or they can be very very not quite as expensive they're still expensive don't don't let anybody fool you they're, they're a lot of money but you can get by with some that are small, especially if you're a small business, that they're, you can get by with something a little bit less expensive. Uh, typical bl- deployment around these is that there's usually an agent or they're agentless. So yeah, it gives you both ends of the spectrum. The agentless ones will take logs directly from the system, and they'll ingest those or send those directly to the SIM. An agent one will use the software to collect and send the logs to the SIM. They may collect them into a certain point, and then they'll ship them off to the SIM. Agents are deployed to systems being monitored, and that's where they get, they get shipped off to, and they can provide additional functionality with the device. So if you basically have uh, an agent on this system, it's allowing you to have insight into that device. Well, it can give you additional functionality around that. Again, example would be CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike has a great agent, works on the systems, and it can provide multiple levels of protection as well as log sources as needed. Now, sims are usually quite configurable. uh, Depending upon the one that you use, they are—they can be very easy to just pull out of the box and mash a big button and they work. Or they may take a lot of configurations to make them really just hum. Now, they all will need some level of that. If you really want them to hit on all eight cylinders, you're going to need someone to help configure them. However, some are better than others that just roll them out of the box and just stick them in your environment and let them run. Now, again, it may require a very special skill set to do this. I warn you, they are not cheap. These special skill set people, ArcSight, Splunk, et cetera, are very expensive. So if you're going to put that in your environment and you're studying for your CISSP, it's one of the questions you will run into. But I'll tell you right now that if you're going to put that in your environment, you better come with a lot of zeros and be prepared to find the right people and the talent. Now, I will say with India, there's a lot of great opportunities that you can outsource that capability, but they're, they're not cheap. Just 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 telling you, they ain't cheap. They're expensive. Correlation engines and machine learning will also be incorporated into the SIMS and a lot of the aspects of, of learning that's coming down that path. And uh, you can also incorporate these into other device management systems such as SCCM. It's a Microsoft product used to manage devices. Now, as you're dealing with continuous moni- monitoring, you need to, con- the, the purpose around continuous monitoring is to provide an audit trail. It's also what we call investigation fodder. And I didn't really know what fodder was, and I'm probably am just totally butchering this, but fodder is the old peasants from the old days that would be marched along to go in front of the, the British redcoats, and you would basically just go walking to your death. I, I think that's what they call fodder. Cannon fodder. You're just kind of in the way, and you get blown up. That's it. So investigation fodder. Stuff. That's probably totally wrong, but hey, it sounds good. Without the logs, you basically basically have nothing other than the incident. So you've got to have the logs. I mean, it, you can get some, glean some information if you've had an incident, but in many cases, it's just days old. And the logs will give you that trail, that paper trail, virtual paper trail to be able to help you with in the event there's an issue. It's a key piece, though. You need to have a network time protocol capability, NTP. And these are synchronized, and this basically tells you what's the time that it occurred. If you don't have an NTP server that's telling you it's syncing your time within your environment, typically you can do this just through the internet. But if you have to, a large enterprise, you may need that in your enterprise to make everything sync. You gotta have that for timestamps. If you don't have that, that makes it extremely challenging to prove your case. They, basically the bottom line is, is all this stuff leads breadcrumbs that you can go out and chase to bring, to help bring justice if somebody does breach your environment. And also it does promote continuous monitoring does promote accountability. It lets people know, hey, I'm watching. I'm watching you. Yep. Yeah, just go ahead. D- just do it. Cross the line. Oh, you did. Okay, now I'm going to beat you. No. That that's it promotes some level of accountability. Monitoring techniques as uh, continuous monitoring provides all the data for adequate investigations and log amounts will again we talked about before be quite substantial and large you do need to invest in some level of automated tools to search these volumes of logs because otherwise your your puny little brain as much as it's wonderful as it is will have a hard time scouring through gobs and gobs of log files egress monitoring some key aspects around this is monitoring traffic leaving your network hence egress ingress is coming in egress is going out so there's some key aspects around this. You know, you monitor the traffic that's leaving your network. It's important because a lot of times you might not know what's actually coming in your environment, but man, it all has to go out through the internet in most cases. So it's better to watch obviously what's coming in, but more importantly, hey, what's leaving. Because usually when it's leaving, that's bad. You need to assume that your internal network has been compromised by some form, shape, or manner. And this happens all the time. A network will get compromised. You won't know the bad guys in your environment for many, many months, if not years. And so you have to make the assumption that it is compromised. The attacker wants data to leave. It wants to get rid of it. It wants to be able to send it to wherever it wants to go. It does not want to leave it in your environment. So it's got to ship it out some way. USB sticks, yeah, that doesn't work so well. I mean, it can happen, but man, it takes a lot of sticks to be able to move your data. And you got to have physical access. Well, if you're in country X, halfway around the globe, It's kind of hard to get physical access to the server. So therefore, yeah, they got to ship it out through the Internet. Tools to assist in stopping this loss, you got web proxies, and these are basically rules configured to stop traffic to unknown destinations. There's data loss prevention, which is basically network based or endpoint based, and it can be set up so that you cannot use USBs. You can't type in specific keywords, you know, restricts you from doing certain aspects. Uh, mainly comes down to is you want to go and watch the hairless cats that are on the internet. It will stop you from looking at the hairless cats on the internet. Yeah, no, not really, but it, it could, I guess. Steganography is basically embedding messages within a message file, and it's extremely hard to discover, but it is possible. Yes, it is quite possible, but you gotta know what you're looking for, because uh, yeah, it's hidden inside a picture, and if you don't know that, then yeah, you ain't gonna find it. File-based DLP, this is software that affects all the different file types, doc, dot .doc, dot jpeg, et cetera, et cetera, And there's different companies that provide it, but Azure has one that's called Azure IP. That is a file-based DLP solution that will help you from getting rid of it. All right, that's all I have for the CISSP aspect. Let us roll in to the CISSP exam questions. Question number one. As it relates to logging and monitoring, what are some of the key purposes behind capturing logs? Provides A, A, provides an adult, adult, (laughs) no, an audit trail, allows for legal actions and promotes accountability. B, provides an audit trail, keeps employees concerned, promotes dependability. C, allows for compliance to track employees, which is what we always want to do, keep employees concerned, which is even better, and promotes accountability. Or D, none of the above. Which one is it? It is A, promotes audit trail, yes, allows for legal actions, yes, and promotes accountability. Yes, 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 it is A. So again, it's what you want to do is you want to make sure you have an audit trail, got to be able to find, to be able to go back and get those breadcrumbs. You got to have some level of legal action in the event that you could use those logs and you got to make sure that people are aware of what you're doing so that there's accountability involved. All right, the next question when considering the data life cycle, what are the phases slash cycles, not of the moon, that be, that the data is generated? A, collection, inspection, storage, archiving, deletion. Remember, I mentioned this. You need to pay attention. B, col- gathering, examination, storage, archiving, deletion. C, collection, examination, backups, archiving, deletion. I'm seeing a trend here. Collection, examination, storage, archiving, deletion. What is it? A, B, C, or D? It is D, collection, examination, storage, archiving, and deletion. Those are the key considerations when looking at data lifecycle. Thanks so much for joining me today on my podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes, as I would greatly appreciate your feedback. Also, check out my videos that are on YouTube. Just head to my channel, CISSP Cyber Training, and you will find a plethora of content to help you pass the CISSP exam the first time. Lastly, head to CISSPCybertraining.com and look for the free stuff that is only available to our email subscribers. Thanks again for listening. See you. Thanks so much for listening today, as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to cisspquestions.com and sign up to join my email list, and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources. So just head on over to FreeCISSPQuestions.com or CISSPCybertraining.com and sign up today. All right. Have a wonderful day and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.